you're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. All right, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel. We have started off the new year with a whole fresh outlook on travel. And I have to say, I'm, I am feeling very excited as to what will happen in the in the coming months and certainly throughout 2021 as um, as we had a lot of challenges in 2020, but we also learned a lot as well, too. So uh, I'm always a fan of silver linings when it comes to looking on what life presents us with. So, um, but with that being said, I'm so excited to talk to today's guest. I actually was on his podcast at one point and we've spoken at length. So, so we're like, Long lost best friends. We've been we've been chatting for quite some time, but uh, he's wonderful and definitely a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the cruise industry. And I do know that we have a lot of individuals that have a lot of questions about cruising, myself included. So um, without further ado, definitely want to go ahead and introduce today's guest. I have Bill Panoff, who is the CEO of the PPI Group, but he is also editor-in-chief of Porthole Magazine, which you are probably very familiar with, especially if you are an avid cruiser. So Bill, thank you so much for joining me today. Sarah, it's a pleasure to be here. Nice to, nice to be on your show. Thank you. No, I know we've been chatting for quite some time, and I'm so glad that we're able to make this happen. And I also think it's so appropriate just, you know, kind of starting the new year as well, too, with that new year, new energy sort of feel. Absolutely. I mean, in terms of cruising, there's so much pent-up demand for, for people to want to go cruising. And coming with the new year, obviously, the ships will start re, re, redeploying to itineraries where they once were, and uh, hopefully things will return back to normal. Uh, it's leading yeah. in that direction. Everyone's super excited, and uh, I just want to get out there on the ship already. Enough is enough. <laughs> I know. I know that feeling. So um, for an introduction to just get everybody up to speed um, who might be tuning in and um, meeting you for the first time, can you share a bit about your background and then, you know, your role as far as whether, you know, at PPI Group, but you certainly as far as Porthole Magazine as well, and really how you're involved in the cruise industry? Sure. I, I actually grew up in the cruise industry. You know, when I was in my uh, late teens, I always wanted to work on a cruise ship. I was fascinated by cruising from watching the TV show, The Love Boat, which was on many, many years ago, which was actually filmed on a on a princess ship. And I, I watched the show and I saw the captain and the cruise director and the entertainment. And I said, boy, that'd be interesting to work on board a cruise ship. So during my uh, times as a teenager, I took up magic. I was a kind of like an amateur magician. And I got good enough where I started to do shows. I was performing at you know Cub Scout parties and banquets and uh, you know uh, all kinds of events. And I wanted to take my act and I wanted to take it to sea. I said maybe I could do my magic on a cruise ship. So you know I had an average magic act. It wasn't great, but it was it was good enough. You know I was wasn't producing the dubs or sawing a woman in half, but I was kind of like doing card magic and simple things. And I had a little slant of comedy around it and people laughed and kind of liked it. So I kept calling the cruise lines. I said, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm the great Pandini. That's the name I gave myself as a magician. I said, I want to come on your ship and I want to perform for your passengers. And I know you have entertainment on board. Please hire me. And they said, well, can you send us a video? I said, sure. So I put together a video of me doing a few tricks. It was horrible. Horrible. And I never got a call back, but I was super persistent. So I kept calling over and over again, every cruise line, Royal Caribbean. Uh, at that time, it was Chandra's, the Carnival Cruise Lines. And finally, I got the entertainment director of Carnival on the phone. 
And I won't let him off. I started talking. I said, you know, I'm a great magician. You know, have you heard of Harry Houdini? Well, I'm the great Pandini. And you should give me an opportunity to sail on board your cruise ships and entertain your guests because I'm really good at it and people will like me. Click. And I called back like a week later and I kept calling. And call. Finally, I wore the guy down. He said, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to let you, I'm going to put you on a ship called the Carnival Mardi Gras which is one of the earliest cruise ships. I think it was one of the first ships they ever had, Carnival Mardi Gras, 800 passengers. I thought it was an enormous ship at that time. They invited me on board as a guest entertainer, as a magician. And I did horrible, horrible on stage. But the, the cruise <laughs> oh line God. liked the way I interacted with the guests. I was kind of like a camp counselor, you know, in the, in the Catskills on board the ship. Everyone knew me and liked me. You know, I interacted. I helped out with the bingo. I became part of the crew. And by the time I got on stage, everyone knew me. All the passengers knew me. So, oh, there's the guy that called bingo. So they kind of immediately applauded. My act was terrible, but they liked me. So the cruise director on board also liked me and gave me an opportunity to stay on board and do my lousy magic act. And eventually it got pretty good because Working on a cruise ship is great because every week you have a different audience, you know, and if a trick dies one week, you kind of you kind of like, you know, modify it because you have a new audience. It's like a comedian who tells a bad joke. You know, eventually you'll get it right. So they liked me so much that after a few years, they promoted me to cruise director. So 12 years later, I was still working for Carnival Cruise Lines as a cruise director in charge of all the entertainment and activities. And that's how I started in the cruise industry. And by the time I wanted to leave the ships, I never really wanted to leave the ships because but I wanted to start a family. I wanted to have more of a normal life. I noticed at that time there was no magazine or anything to really speak about cruising. And the industry was growing dramatically. So I saw an opportunity there. So I surrounded myself by people who knew publishing and knew layout and design. And I was able to sell the advertising to people that I you know, became friendly with over the years. And thus the birth of Porthole, the cruise magazine. And that's really how I started and how I pivoted to Porthole which then pivoted to many other publications that we produce for the cruise lines. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. First of all, okay, wait a second. As much as we've spoken, I have never heard this story from you, and this is amazing. Yeah. Also, the next time that I see you in person, you are totally doing a magic trick for me, okay? See the ring? See the ring? Look, look at the ring. See the ring, Sarah? Watch, watch, watch. Okay. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you just did magic. Oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> but no, that's so fascinating. And I love, I love the persistence. I love the story. I love how iconic it is. And I mean, it's like really the industry is in your blood. I mean, you've been a part of it for so long. That's, I, I mean, I have to say that's an amazing story. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. So that's how I started. Yeah. And I saw I, I grew as the industry was growing. You know, at the time, as I mentioned, ships were an average of 800 passengers. Now that's the size of one of the lifeboats on these ships, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's grown dramatically. But one thing has not changed over the years. I mean, the ships have gotten more technologically advanced and the entertainment is more mm -hmm. advanced. And, you know, the food offerings are quite more robust. But the human touch, that interaction with the crew, you know, they can either make it or break it for you. If you have a good cruise director, you know, they'll make your cruise memorable. If you have a bad cruise director, you'll also remember it as being a bad cruise, you know. So it's all about that human touch, which has never really changed. Yeah. And that, and that's such a great point, especially, obviously, you know, knowing that I have such a hospitality background, there is there is that that um, 
common thread with the cruise industry to other aspects of the travel industry, that hospitality element um, that maybe people might overlook because they, they get distracted by the buffet lines or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it always comes down to food. <laughs> no. Want to kind of, you know, catch people up to speed and hear a little bit of your insights on this, but I mean, we certainly have an idea um, what has the pandemic experience, this is a loaded question, what has the pandemic experience been like for the cruise industry? And, and I mean, more than what the headlines are, because like we're all seeing the headlines and it's there's a lot of that, but can you share a little bit more insight on what really kind of like 2020 has been like for the cruise industry? It's been it's been very, very challenging, obviously, because the, the ships have stopped sailing. Uh, many of the crew have been taken off and sent back to their to their home countries. Many of these ships still have like a bare, bare bone crew just to keep the ship running, but it's given the cruise lines an opportunity to really think and kind of like rethink about how the experience is going to change going forward, you know, with COVID and post COVID, you know, to keep the guests safe, you know, the entertainment will continue. Uh, Maybe they'll have social distancing in the theaters where you won't be sitting right next to the person next to you, but you'll have, you know, maybe five feet apart. So the, the basic experience is not going to change, but there will be some, rules that revolve around, you know, being a safer experience. It's been very, very tough for the cruise industry. Never in their wildest dreams would they have expected this to happen. I mean, they've had hurricanes, which kind of reroute the ships, Norwalk virus, you know, other viruses on ships, but nothing to to bring it to a complete halt where some cruise lines actually had to sell off to preserve cash and things of that nature and and become leaner and meaner. But uh, I do think that the consumer demand is going to be so astronomical when ships return to people. There's such a loyal following of cruisers. They just want to go back and they want to experience these cruisers. I mean, Royal Caribbean announced that they're going to be doing test cruises and already I think 150,000 people have signed up for it because they want to get out there. They're, they're, they're tired of being at home. They really want to get out there. So the cruise lines are doing whatever they can to make the experience as safe as possible and to bring the ships back as quickly as possible. Right now, it looks like probably March before many of them return to service. And it's going to be a slow return. They're going to come back slowly. It's not going to be Royal Caribbean bringing their entire fleet back. They'll be bringing it back slowly on shorter itineraries, doing mainly cruises from drive drive ports, which means ports where the passengers can actually drive their car to. So the ship will originate either in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Port Canaveral, Tampa, you know, LA, ports where people have accessible by car so they don't have to fly. That's still a fear for many people, obviously. Uh, so they're going to fly to the ships, and the itineraries are going to be much shorter. They're going to be maybe three-day itineraries doing maybe one port and definitely doing their private island. Most of these cruise lines have their own private island. You know, Disney has Castaway K. You know, uh, Holland America has Half Moon K, and each cruise line has their own little, mainly Bohemian island where they take them there, and, and they feel by doing that the environment will be a little more contained than taking them in, initially to like a major port like St. Thomas or or St. Martin, but that'll come down the line. So it's going to be a slow growing period. Once they work all the bugs, then the itineraries will become longer and the capacity of the ship will be greater and things will hopefully return to normal. Yeah. I mean, so, and it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, step back in to, to things. And I, I, you did bring up a great point as far as being shorter cruises. I mean, even what was it just in Singapore, weren't they doing a cruise to nowhere um, so do you think that we might have similar type cruises potentially in and around the United States? Yeah, there could be cruises to nowhere as well. Absolutely. Just in the beginning, 
to make sure everything was fine on board and then and slowly introduce the ports because some of the ports are not open to ships now even if they wanted to sail you know cayman for example is still closed to cruise ships and some of the other caribbean ports so the ports have to be open for the ships to actually visit there as well yeah and you also mentioned something that it is really um I think really interesting and very unique to the cruise industry in that you were talking about this pent up demand for cruising and that, because I know that there are some people that are like, Oh, I don't know if I, I, how comfortable I feel. And I'm like, don't worry because there are a whole slew of people that are diehard cruisers and they are ready to go. And I love that you were saying how many are like, cool, I'll be on, on one of the test runs, like happy to try it out because they just want to get back on there because cruise fanatics are, major fans and they were like cool just bump us to the next one bump us to the next one whenever we can go and i think that that's really going to be um yeah yeah it's very impressive but it's also going to be very um kind of like their linchpin to help kind of like bring everything back so that's really interesting there are families it's not unusual for them to be on the ship five or six times a year people just love going on cruise ships and it it doesn't have difference about the destination or whether it's going to the Eastern Caribbean or Western Caribbean or the Mediterranean, what really counts? And people really ask for this, you know, who is the cruise director? Or do you have that entertainer on board that was there last time? I love that juggler. And and the waiter in the dining room, Julio from uh, Honduras, if he's not on board, I'm not sailing. These people make your dreams on board the ships. It's all about the personalities of these people. I mean, the ships are great. The hardware is amazing. The technology is amazing. But it's all about, you know, front of the house. I'm telling you, that's what makes it. That, you know, and that is a, that's a direct, I think, correlation to what even like a hotel experience is like. And I th- for me, as far, again, as far as my my background being hotels, I remember I only really kind of got into cruising in more recent years. And I was fascinated. I got on the cruise ship and I just, my eyes were open and I'm like, it is a like a hotel on water. But it's, you know, I find it very, very fascinating as far as just understanding the operations of it. But then also from the hospitality side and it's it is it is the show like people are there for the the people make the ship they make the cruise experience and i think that that's the key thing it's the it's that it's the experience yeah these are the memory makers it's the people it's the it's the crew it's the it's every it's the captain it's everybody it's it and even as insignificant as the as the fellow who cleans the railing on the ship you know if he interacts with a guest i mean all these people contribute to the entire equation. You know, on a on a big ship with six thousand people, there could be eighteen hundred to two thousand crew members on board, and each one of them has a plays a role. And many of them touch the guests one way or another, from the the fellow who cleans your room to the waiter to every everybody. It all adds up. And if one of them, you know, is not friendly or or gives the guest a bad experience, it reflects on the entire cruise. It's it's really. Remarkable how it works. But when everybody is on their game and they all come together, these people go, wow. And what they remember about the cruise are the personalities on board. You're right. I mean, I even think back on on one of the cruises I did. um, uh, I think it might have been with Celebrity. And we we had a, a butler you know, somebody who basically tended to our, our particular room. And it was so funny from the start, we just like had an instant connection. And I'll never forget like coming back and literally like the head popping around the corner, like, hi, ma'am. Hi, Miss Sarah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, hello, you're everywhere. And, but it was like, it became such a fun element that, that it, you know, you, 
They become part of your experience. They become part of your family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you and you communicate with them even after the cruise. Yes. You know, oh, definitely. Connection. They just, uh, you know, when they get off the ship, I mean, it's not uncommon for some of these crew members when they get off on vacation to fly to a family where they met on board the ship and, and, and spend time with these people and develop really long-lasting, uh, fruitful relationships. Which is special. So we're talking all about this experience. So how would we say for, for those um, that are just curious to see, obviously things are changing, you know, and they will be, they are going to look a little different as we get back into cruising. So what experience changes do our cruise lines maybe looking into now, whether it's like a touchless check-in, changes to like the buffet experience? Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so what, what experiences are we kind of seeing? So I think what's going to happen, the, uh, the food experience, number one, is going to change. There's going to be less people permitted in the dining room, number one. Uh, number two, the, the types of services on board are going to change because in the past, the waiters, you know, we get very close to the guests and kind of interact with them. Now they're going to be, you know, obviously wearing masks in the beginning, keeping their distance. Um, there used to be uh, kind of like a Benihana on board ships where you get really close to the person creating the food. Those things are going to change. Some of the offerings that, that created a very close environment are going to change and become more open. Um, don't expect to see more uh, events on deck you know, more food options on deck. You know, they do barbecues on decks and things of that nature. Buffets, I believe, are going to disappear because that idea of a buffet being in line with other people in a closed environment, that's that's going to change in the future and, and morph into something completely different. Entertainment will remain the same in terms of the shows on board, uh, social distancing in the theaters, obviously. There will be more shows to accommodate. You know, if a ship holds uh, 6,000 people initially, the ships will only be half full if less than that. So they may have to do more shows to accommodate having less people in the theater. So instead of having two shows a night, they may have short four shows a night, you know, and have shorter shows. So there'll be less people and, and everything will be organized and orchestrated. So there won't be as much, you know, social uh, gatherings as there were in the past. There'll be a lot more distancing on board the ships. And the ships are very large. I mean, you can distance on the ship. You don't have to be like right next to your neighbor. You know, it's going to be, uh, and that's, that's what they're working on right now, the footprint on how that will look and feel. But they are, they're working uh, tirelessly to get this right and to make sure it's the safest possible experience for, for the cruise guests. Yeah. Well, and you, you bring up that great, a great point because, and touching on what you said earlier. So in general, we're also seeing like shorter, obviously shorter cruises, definitely initially um, low, like a smaller, less capacity uh, as well to, again, just adding so that there's a little bit more breathing room. Um so, yeah, it is interesting. But, you know, as far as the buffets, I kind of feel like, okay, maybe temporarily they're going to do something else. But I feel like we have to come back to that at some point because that's such yeah, that's a, you know, I mean, I maybe not 2021, maybe not. But, like, I think there's going to be such a demand for it because, I mean, that's so many people love that aspect of it. I know. I know. Maybe maybe we'll return in the future. I mean, you know, it, it is a popular experience when the ships arrive in port too i mean the the shore excursions that are offered you know a lot of them are going to be uh you know in in covid covid free environments you know kind of like in a bubble so you're on a tour you're taken to you know certain areas that are have been covid uh you know friendly you know so there's not going to be any interaction you can't wander from your group if you're on a tour you can't go outside the bubble so to speak uh and if you do many cruise lines will not let you back in the bubble nor let you back on the cruise ship for fear of exposure. 
So you have to, it's going to be a little bit more regimented when, you know, as before where you're on a tour and you want to step aside and run into a souvenir shop and buy something that is going to be difficult for people to do in the future. Yeah. Well, we were already even seeing examples of that. It might've been, I forget where that cruise was, but there was something, it might've been in the Mediterranean this summer yeah, where was there was like a bubble, MSC, right? MSC cruises. Yeah. Or a couple went outside the bubble and they said, sorry, we can't have you back on the ship. And I, you know, I applaud the cruise line for doing that. They're very strict, but everyone knew in advance what they signed up for. So that's, that's, the rules are going to be a little bit more stringent in in the future. Yeah, of course, of course. So, I mean, do you think that there's going to be any sort of, I know this is so tricky. It's, this is hard to make make this assumption or whatever. We're still kind of far from it. But do you think that there might be cruise lines maybe even like requiring passengers to take a, the vaccine before going on? Do you think they yeah. can they do that? I don't know. Some of them, some of them may require a proof of a, of a test, uh, you know, several days prior to boarding. Many of them are also setting up uh, systems where they can do testing either in the terminal and get the results back very, very quickly. Um, there's a company called the Pure Lab, which is, is uh, you know, moving forward with that and uh, probably one of the leaders uh, in the industry with that technology. So there are companies out there that are uh, able to do that for guests. So when they, by the time they get on the ship, you know, they've gone through, you know, the, the home test, the test in the terminal, you know, and then once they get on board, you know, hopefully they'll be uh, 100% COVID free. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know it's, it's going to be really interesting because I had somebody ask me a similar question in regards to even hotels and they were like, Oh, well, hotels require, you know, the, the testing I understand, but they were actually talking about like requiring like a vaccine. And I'm like, Whoa, I don't know. That's a big thing. But even Qantas airlines came out and said that they were going to do that. So am I curious to just see, I think we're still, we're still too early to maybe predict how that will exactly go. Um, but it's definitely going to be really interesting. Um, so, so question. So what should travelers be mindful of when it comes to booking future cruises? Like any thoughts or advice um, in regards to what, what uh, travelers should be looking at? And then maybe even on the travel recovery process. I think they should also, I think travelers should be, uh, you know, very attuned to what the cruise line's return policy is in terms on the vacation in the event that something happens and they need to get their money back. Most of the cruise lines have been, been super about, uh, you know, returning uh, money or cancellation policies, things of that nature. One thing that they should be uh, aware of, obviously, if they've cruised before, that the experience will be, you know, a little bit different. Not that it will be any any better than it once was, but it will be different than it was with, with you know, with a COVID uh, environment and trying to keep a COVID-free environment. Uh, they can book closer in. I don't think the ships initially are going to be as full as they once were because obviously they're going to minimize the uh, capacity. Um, itineraries like the Caribbean, uh, though, I think they're going to there's going to be some amazing deals. There's some amazing deals out there now. So I, I would book a cruise now for the future because uh, the deals are fantastic. Once things start to settle down, the prices are going to go up. And uh, so if I was looking at a cruise, you know, next year sometime, I'd be booking right now. And I'd be booking, you know, the Caribbean and booking in those markets where you can drive to the ship. I think uh, that's a safe bet initially. Yeah. And, and you also mentioned something that was uh, as far as like the 
cancellation policies or like the refund policies, what I thought the cruise industry did that no other industry could really do. And it was so unique to the cruise industry is that they were like, okay, what we'll do, we're canceling this. If you, if with, you can either get a full refund or if you don't get a full refund, you can keep this and then you get this credit and then some. So it's like worth like 125% or 150% of like whatever you had paid. And I thought that that was a really smart move of the cruise industry, um, especially, you know, to kind of just like be like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to take care of you um, as far as travelers. And when we come back, you know, we'll make sure that, um, that, that you're taken care of and that your money is going even further, you know, by sticking with us type thing. Right, right. And the majority of those who have uh, who had booked, you know, pre-COVID and had, to, you know, the cruises were canceled. The majority of those people re- re- rescheduled for a later date. Very few have actually canceled. They rescheduled for a later date. You know, so uh, they're there again. That 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 loyalty, that demand, the cruise. I mean, the vacation experience on a cruise ship. Where else can you go? Think about it. And the scenery is constantly changing. You unpack once. The entertainment's included. The activities are included. I mean, it's a, it's probably the most cost-effective vacation out there. Oh, it absolutely is. It, it after I had my first cruise experience, it totally changed everything for me. And I'm like, okay. I was like, first of all, why haven't I gone on cruises earlier? Um, but they are really incredible experiences. And um, and it, case in point is that it is a very loyal crowd. And those that are avid cruisers, they are ready to to cruise when the time is right, which is incredible. It just says so much for the industry. So, um, so that being said, so the industry, without doubt, is going to recover, as we know. We know there's a loyal fan base. Uh, people are ready for it. Um, we know that there's this pent up demand. Um, but what do you see the recovery of the cruise industry looking like? Um, and maybe more so, what changes can you expect that can people expect to stay? I think that uh, going forward, you won't see ships as large as they are now. I think the building process is going to be such where the capacity, the average capacity ship is going to be smaller. I think there's a, uh, a willingness for guests to cruise more on a smaller ship than a larger ship, they feel that you know with less people, obviously, less less risk. So the experiences like river cruises are going to come back like in a big, big way. You know, luxury cruises where the average capacity is maybe 250, 300 guests. You know, ships like cruise lines like Seaborn or Silver Sea or Region, for example, you know, have a have a, an older clientele and a, and a smaller uh, footprint on board. So I think the capacity of the ships will come down. Uh, there may be more ships in the future, but smaller ships. I think that's going to see it uh, be a trend that will continue on uh, going forward. Yeah, and and it ends up being a, you know a little bit more of a bespoke experience, you know, so to speak, and that it's a little bit right. more intimate. And uh, yeah, and, and I think that that'll appeal to maybe people who didn't necessarily opt for that sort of cruising experience before will now try that, and there'll probably be new fans of that experience, just as it might be a little bit right. more intimate. Right. So to exactly. Speak. Yeah. Some people just don't. I mean, some people love being on a ship with six thousand people and yeah. you know having your uh, you know all these activities and on board. It's just it's it's like a floating you know Las Vegas. And others like a small or more intimate experience with some of the same offerings, but with less guests on board. So it's it's just and some of the smaller ships can go into those smaller ports that the larger ships just are not logistically able to go into. So the itineraries are a little bit more diverse on 
some of the smaller cruise lines than uh, as opposed to the larger ships, which can only go to the sh uh, ports that can accommodate these huge vessels, obviously. Yeah, which brings in, and that's a great point in regards to that. So very, very good point. So, um, wow. I mean, we could talk about cruising all day, clearly. Right. I, this is just it's so exciting. Um, so any what what might be coming up for you in the future? Anything that we should, you know, as far as keep our eyes peeled in regards to Port, Porthole Magazine or what's next for, for you? We are, I mean, Porthole Magazine is still being published, obviously. We, uh, we have pivoted during this time to uh, a complete digital format. Um, it's a lot easier for us to get the magazine out in that format. And we hope when things return to cruising, we'll, we'll go back to the printed version, which was available at Barnes & Noble and all the bookstores and newsstands and subscriptions around the country. Porthole.com is growing dramatically. Uh, if you want the up-to-date latest news on cruising, we update the uh, website probably three or four times a day, Porthole.com. We put on videos. I do a lot of interviews with the cruise executives and what's happening in the industry and tour operators. And you can find that on, on Cruise Control uh, with Bill Panoff. That's our YouTube channel or porthole.com. Everything is usually housed there as well. But uh, we're very excited about the industry and, and the growth of the industry. And, uh, you know, I'm, it runs through my veins. I, I live, eat and sleep this cruise industry and I, I can't get it out of my system no matter how hard I try, you know. But next time we're going to bring my, my deck of cards and I'm going to wow you. I'm not David Blaine, but I'm not bad. I'm not <laughs> You're bad. the great Pandini. I'm the great Pandini. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to make sure that I put your number in my phone as the great Pandini. From, there you go. And call me that from here on out because that is, that's classic. That's amazing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, this has been so, I mean, just, it's so, your energy is just infectious. This has been such a great conversation. And I mean, I, I'm like itching to get back out there. And this has That's definitely cool. got me very, it's got me excited about it. And, you know, again, there's this air of optimism and, you know, again, it, it, there are steps, it might be a little bit of a, a journey, but we'll get there without a doubt. We'll get there. So it just is like, okay, we'll see what it looks like on the, on the way back up. <laughs> so they say. So, well, thank you. I promise thank to be you. one of the one of the first ships that's going to be sailing, one of the larger ships. I will be on there, uh, you know, uh, to, to show everyone else, obviously, that it is safe to cruise. So I'm uh, I'm ready to go. My bags are packed, and uh, I've got my deck of cards and my my rabbit and my doves, and I'm ready to go out there and do my act and tomorrow. I mean, God forbid something happens to our magazine. I'm ready to go out there. I could still I could still wow them. I think. I think, and maybe they'll still applaud for me. I'm not sure, but I think they will. I have a good feeling about this. I have, yeah. a, in fact, when you book that that cruise, you better let me know because I think I'm going to have to be on there so that I can at least be like, "Come on, at least I get a show, please, please." <laughs> at least I'll have one person in the audience clapping. That would be good to know. Yeah. That would be me right there in the front row. <laughs> really, really. This has been so great, Bill. Thank you so very thank much. You, uh, thank you. Like. Always a pleasure getting to speak with you. Um, I'll be sure to have all the links so that people can connect with you, find out more about Porthole Magazine and everything that you are up to and, and doing moving forward. So um, for those of you that tuned in, be sure to connect with Bill. Check out the magazine. It's incredible. If um, you're, you're probably already a cruise lover, but if you weren't before, you will be now. <laughs> you definitely will be. Um, but as always, I would say let's just keep this same energy. <laughs> you know, keep the end. Continue, as always, as I like to say, 
Continue to say yes to travel. Thank you all so much for tuning in and be sure to stay tuned for upcoming episodes as we will talk about all things travel related. Thanks again and I'll see you soon.